Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MarnaTwist.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com and a venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Good morning, Joey Pyburn. Good morning. Matt Nelson running the board back there, fresh from his stint at Safeco Field last night. Tom Nelson here behind the microphone. Hasn't been Safeco Field in a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> what, is it? what is it this week? What, what are they T-Mobile called? T-Mobile Park. T-Mobile Park. I'm what sorry. What is it this week? It's changed names two times. <laughs> I know. If you can't throw baseball under the bus, who can you throw under the bus? Uh, this time last week... Uh, we were at the dog derby, so uh, uh, Matt put together a, a best of for you. So thanks for sitting through that. And, and uh, um, the dog derby was a kick in the pants. Well, dude. and look, we probably wouldn't have been here if we <laughs> if the dog derby wasn't going on. Don't, we don't would have been that. out. We Shh, would have been out there in, yeah. in in our beloved area nine at Mid Channel, which yeah. has been really wow, solid, dude. dude. I mean, we've been doing this now since 2019 together. By far the best Chinook fishing we have seen in Puget Sound. I don't know. I mean, you got four rods out, and you, end up, you catch four. I yeah. Mean, you know, at the, same, at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so it's uh, it's actually the, the second day of the season. And we took we took the gang from Three Rivers yep. out on the, on the first day, which which is – it's old news now a little bit, but since we haven't talked to you about this. So the opener was a smoke show. Just you know, a and we lot and of we fun. did what we we said we were going to do. We we were going to try to go vertical in a couple different methods, uh, jigging or or mooching. And on the opener, we went over and we mooched yeah. at Point Wilson, and we got a double. Yeah, uh, and, and, and so the tide set up just absolutely perfect for that. Where you know the opening day tide, I was kind of grousing a little bit. If it's just a little bit, no, it was perfect. It was perfect because by the time we got there, in, in you know at first light, it, it was you know, the ebb had set up and the bait was there, and they, nobody had, there hadn't been a hook in the water ostensibly since last fall, right? And we so, were fishing on a bunch of dumb ones. Yeah, which point. is which is good for anglers like us. Yes. We, we need a yeah, couple we need dumb ones every now and then. So so we you know and and again we had you know Tim Klons and and Kurt Winters and and um, and Casey Casey, Casey yeah. yeah Casey Cummins from Three Rivers. And, and our buddy Mike Pitts and 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 uh, you know away we go just had and Shane Palcoa and uh, and had a ball and so but we left we we uh, we we ended up getting you know five in the boat on the troll and I go look look he said stop let's <laughs> just stop here trolling forms fine but the ebb the bottom of the ebb we need to be up towards Wilson and and uh, we we achieved the goal of getting dirty looks by every single 14 foot boat in there but but we weren't like we we're trolling in there we just rolled you know the yeah, 30, we just came in we just and, came and in and they moved. just don't they don't they're not they're not they're not friendly for for yeah. sure well and um, i don't blame them i mean who yeah. wants who wants to be looking up at a 35 pound weighted delta plow anchor right but you know i mean we're, we're all respectful. The same technique. We, we were we we very slowly yeah. maneuvered the boat to On the, the front on the kicker, to the front of the pack. We didn't go. We didn't go full Rodney Dangerfield, no. right? And no. then, uh, and then, you know, we had five guys mooching, yeah. I believe, on the yeah. boat. Which, which, which is absolutely key because the more cut plugs you have, you're down creating there, a, a school of bait fish down there, pretty bingo. much. Bingo. Yeah. yeah, and and 
the other thing that was cool, I think uh, maybe I was on the side of the boat with Casey and reeling up, mm-hmm. and we watched the Chinook follow it all the way <laughs> yeah. up hey, to God, the point where yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. like just leave yeah. it there. But I, I think we're in the right spot, guys. Yeah. And then Timmy Klontz, who's you know a, a really good angler and hasn't hadn't really had been mooching much in Puget Sound, and he stuck the first one, dude. Mm-hmm. and so that. And then, but uh, yeah, but the, then we finished on a double and got our you know got our Chinook and, and did the two on the on the on the on the mooch, which was definitely what we wanted to do. Then um, on the, on the next day we uh, we were on a troll bite and, and we ended up doubling up and had enough marks under us. I just stopped the boat once we got one in the hand and handed a jig rod to Larry Stoffer. And, and dude, such a salty move. I I you know I'm busy trying to net fish and we have two on at one time, so I'm on the port side of the boat. Why'd you stop the boat? <laughs> and Nelly stops the boat because there were I mean there were so many arches right underneath us and in fairly shallow water, probably about uh, 45, 55 feet, I think. You stop the boat. As I net a fish, you take the rod out of Larry's hand, stick a jig rod, and say drop. He drops. He hooks up immediately. I go to the port side of the boat. I net Walt's fish. You do the same thing. Boom. We double up on the jig. (laughs) Yeah. that. It, dude, it was so much fun. But that's always the goal. That always has to be in the back of your mind is to find them on downrigger gear and then go vertical on them. You can't do it every day, right? But you got to be prepared for it. It has to be part of your mindset. And that's the whole thrust behind, you know, that, that Seattle Boat Show PowerPoint of mine, Triple Threat Salmon Angling, where, where you know, you're looking to recognize that set of conditions that indicate the use of a particular technique. And in this case, when you're all arched up, Underneath the boat, I mean, there's salmon top to bottom, drop a jig. Mm-hmm. You don't need, you know, but if you don't have a jig rod rigged up, ready to rock with a jig on it already, you're not going to be able to do it because that set of conditions that I'm, that I'm trying to coach folks up into recognizing will not last and wait for you to strip all your stuff off your trolling rod, which is the wrong rod for jigging anyway, right? So in my mind... You know, you want that ten and a half or at least a nine foot rod on the downrigger because it'll help you gather slack should you blow out of the clip, which we've been doing lately. But that jig rod is ide- ideally seven and a half foot, one piece, smaller level wind, right? And uh, and they're just so much fun because, dude, you're holding on to the rod when they get blazed. Yeah, just, you know. and and that short rod, a short, uh, you know. That stiff. rod, but you want it to be a stiffer rod. You don't want like a real no. width. You want to be able to heavy. snap yes. and control that jig down there, right? And you think about what those Chinook are doing. They're feeding on sand lance coming out of yeah. the gravel, Bingo. the sand, and they're shooting up out of there real fast and sometimes shooting right back down, right? Well, that's what you're mimicking with that. And with that short, stiff jig rod, you can do short, little mm-hmm. jigs, and then you can just lift it high. And, and change that thing up. And I, you know, I find that when I'm jigging, I don't just do the same motion no. all the time. I mix it up and little short jigs, you know, then a, a nice five foot yeah. pop off the bottom. Because that flutter on down is absolutely And, and then always remember to be watching the sounder. You're not always fishing on the bottom. True. Now, if you see Chinook mid-water, we were in 60 feet of water. Yep. Um, during the dog derby, and it was a tough, tough day of the dog derby day. Yeah, Saturday. It, it was not yeah, like Thursday and Friday, Friday. Friday the 13th, excuse me, Thursday the 13th was wide open. Yeah. Friday was a bit slower. 
Saturday with all the pressure, all the direct sunlight, and a later start for us because we did the dog derby was a tougher day. Was and and so we had we had Roma Dunze who's joining us uh, later in the show. He's our he's our seven twenty guest. Rome is. Um, probably going to go in the first round. He's got a couple years of well, eligibility look, left. At UW. He, if we don't completely mess this kid he, up, he, he shows, may end up. He shows all the signs of hanging having out a fishing, on the sea beast for another year. He does show all the troubling signs of having a fishing problem, yes, which I love. Um, uh, ostensibly, also because he's coming with us tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's already so, going to be back and, on the boat. And, and he uh, he actually threw the first pitch out of the Mariners game. So Rome's going to join us at seven twenty. Um, and and but go ahead and finish. So the so if you see elevated fish now. We were fishing at 60. There were arches down there, but I wasn't getting bit. Right. I saw a group of probably four or five Chinook all piled up at 40 feet. I just yeah. reel right up to 40 because you got a line counter. I jig once, jig twice, bang. bang. Those elevated fish, yeah. for whatever reason, They're more aggressive. they will eat. They will eat. And, and so that's not necessarily always the case with Chinook, but... Those those fish that come off the bottom and they're in the middle of the water column are there for a reason, right? You know, because they they came up because they always salmonids, particularly on Mitch Channel Bank, will hug the bottom and always they're looking up, right? And mm-hmm. and so they want to stay down low on the bottom, which is why we encounter them on troll gear quite frequently. A couple thoughts on 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 the gear just to just to finish up with 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 the jig technique. The shorter, stiffer rod transmits every little flick of your wrist into motion on the jig. A longer, softer rod will absorb all that, and you end up working harder. Uh, but your did the, the concept of a digital line counter on that jig reel is amazingly effective and instructive, and it's particularly where we had less experienced anglers on the boat, and just to tell them, look, drop this down to 20, drop this down to 30, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's that's absolutely key. And it really, it saved the day for us, um, you know, to get, because the biggest fish of the day came on that jig, and so Rome ended up catching the second biggest fish. Of the and, day. and Rome... He's sharp. He oh, was he picking is. stuff up really quickly. He was. He's when, he, when he was fighting that fish, he's watching the, <laughs> he the line the counter, and he's like, 75, 100, 100 feet. It's 200 feet. And that fish was 200 was feet straight out in front of us. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the fun of Jake. And that's, that's the fun of our, of, of our summer salmon seasons as well. Um, the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about WDFW, and particularly the management staff and how I – I, I I want to I always want to help WDFW and and to be treated the way we're treated on some of these conference calls is not professional or acceptable and we're going to talk a little bit about that next segment but there's just so much going on right now um, you know up and down the coast Nia Bay is smoking Mikey Lawrence of Big Salmon Resort he's going to jump on um, and talk to us about you know there's 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 good ones there's tankers and there's super tanker Chinook at, and Dude, there's some fish that are busting people off, leaving them in the kelp, audios, getting around. I mean, it's mayhem. It's Chinook mayhem out there, I tell you. It's mayhem. Um, you know, and 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 little a push checks in with the highest Ooh, yeah. catch per angler. Which was great to it's see because awesome. they were they were yes, not they checking were not. in with the best average right. for a while there. But so congratulations LaPush for the yeah. best catch per angler. Oh, what a coast. great place to go oh, and hang is. out it's and awesome. go catch salmon. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But also, you know, you don't need to go that far area. Ten, definitely showing signs of life. Uh, our buddy Matt Chandler, Get Hooked Northwest, going to jump on and talk to us about, you know, the, the the whole coho. And now those Chinook that are entering area 10 are starting to snap at 
at Coho Gear. Yeah, oh, which which bummer. Look, <laughs> what uh, a bummer. You get you get all the action of the Coho bite, yeah. which has been fantastic. Sure. And then every once in a while, that rod blows up, and and like our friend Nikki Kester, yeah. a twenty one point four pound Chinook, yeah, at fifty Coho. feet, yeah, with yeah. Coho Gear. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, and when we come back. Uh, there's also humpies and there's halibut still, guys. <laughs> yeah, we, got, uh, we we had quite a day yesterday. We did. We did. Um, let's see. We could hal- We caught halibut. We caught lingcod. We caught wild chinook. And you caught chinook. one of the biggest pinks we've seen in Dude, Puget Sound that in thing a long was time. Unbelievable. So yeah. there's really good things coming. All right, coming out of the break. Um, one of the things we need to do as an angling interested group of anglers is is we need to hold WDFW accountable. And and some of the things that have gone on lately need to be called to account. Give me ninety seconds and let's let's give the accounting, shall we? Right here on the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the outdoor line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports seven ten. Joey Pyburn to my left, Matt Nelson to my right. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. So. There's there's management of natural resources and there's unnecessary over management of resources and when the only thing standing between you and and getting to the resource is the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife we have a problem okay the problem in this case is WDFW without notification of any of the Puget Sound Salmon Advisors the public or everything else a couple years ago signed the 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 List of agreed to fisheries or LOAF, including multiple closure triggers per area. Okay. So used to be we fished to a season. Mm-hmm. Seasons are great. You can plan on a season. Hey, listen, got people coming into town. Hey, I need to take vacation. Here's the season. There you go. Well, now they took that ability to plan away. And now we have this in season management regime. That has a number of different closure triggers. Okay, so now we have a now we, for the first time several years ago we had a harvest quota. Okay, well we got quota left. Okay, I kind of understand that. Well, now in addition to the harvest quota, we have sublegal encounter quotas. Okay, so fish that are less than legal size, un, unmarked. Now we have another closure trigger that's marked sublegal fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so any one of these in, in the current list of agreed to fisheries in some of our marine areas will trigger a closure. Like what we saw in Area 10, Bing, like where we, we, lo- right. we left 80% of the quota on the table. Yeah, and this, was, this is what happened in our fishery this winter. Okay, mm-hmm. that was our truncated. When upon, you know, we asked where are these numbers being derived, the test fishing numbers. I asked Mark Balzell, hey, listen, can we see the test fishing numbers? He says, well, you'll see them when you see them. Well, I thought, that's that's less than cordial. It's a really flippant answer. These people are public servants. That's, that's an inappropriate answer. It's unprofessional. Cut to the conference call this past Tuesday, whereupon the whole entire coast from Ilwaco to Nia Bay has their numbers out. It's the same sampling protocol. It's a huge area geographically, arguably the biggest in the state. And all their numbers are in, and all their numbers have been submitted. Now where there's a conference call with Kirsten Simonson, the Puget Sound salmon manager, okay? Well, Kirsten didn't have her numbers for the call. She couldn't tell us the numbers in Area 9. She couldn't tell us the numbers in Area 7. So I asked her, well, Kirsten, can we have an estimate then when we're going to see these estimated numbers? Well, Tom, you're going to see them when you see them. 
So it's very clever of her to, to parrot and mimic Mark Balzell's flippant and disrespectful comment. And for her to roll that out, covering up her her lack of diligence in getting her numbers on, you know, this is not acceptable, especially in this era where we're being asked to choke down multiple closure triggers. So let's so check this out, folks. We're leaving over 2,000 Chinook on the table in Marine Area 11 alone because WDFW can't quantify the number of jacks in the area. So jacks are mature fish. They're not getting any bigger, but they're sublegal. They're hatchery fish. They're mature. We can't keep them. Okay? Yeah, but back in the day. Yeah, we could keep them. Jacks, we wanted to catch those jacks. When they're in the river, there, there'd be an right. extra limit. You'd catch four or five and, jacks. And just let's get on the same page with what a jack Chinook is. A jack Chinook is a sexually precocious male. They come back early and small. And you can tell, you can you can easily discern them from a black mouth because they're round. They're like They have footballs. a big fat belly they because, they're, because full they're, of, they're full of, you know, sperm they're, ready, sacks. they're ready to go. They're full of sperm. We're you, encountering yes. a ton of jacks this year. Which is wonderful and a great indication of what we're going to see next year because it's part of that same cohort, that same year class of fish that we're going to see a large run of hatchery fish next year. A lot of these fish are in excess of, of WDFW's traditional uh, salmon enhancement number because they're part of the Pacific Salmon Commission's uh, protocol to increase southern resident killer whale prey availability. So they're cranking out more hatchery fish. So a larger percent of these fish will jack. WDFW did not see this coming. Now, that's fair because we really didn't discuss it, right? But now there's no way out of this multiple closure trigger scenario. So listen here, gang. We have to get on WDFW and remove these multiple closure triggers. So if it's not salmon season in your area, guess what? It's north of falcon season. Larry 11, congratulations. You 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 can't fish anymore for Chinook because of the closure trigger. It's north of falcon for you. Area 7, you probably had your last Chinook day up there. Area 7 anglers, guess what? It's north of falcon season. It's starting early, gang. Okay, We need an answer to why we agreed, why the state did, while Kyle Addicts put his signature on the list of agreed-to fisheries with these multiple closure triggers that are standing between us and the number of fish, mm-hmm. the quota that we agreed to. Listen, we want a season or we want a quota. And Pat Patillo, one of the former WDFW guys that absolutely knows these numbers, has an overall mortality index. Listen, they're hatchery fish, gang. We're getting shut down because of mature hatchery fish. This is not fair management. It's not effective management. It's over management, and it has to freaking end. Yes. It has to end. Well, and the only way... We get anything back is if we we have a voice, yeah. And, th- and that y- your opportunity to have a voice is North of Falcon. So guess what, gang? North of Falcon starts now. Okay, that's just that's just all there is to it, and and, and uh, we'll know more about our further opportunities. So. Just a quick rundown in a quota. You know what? We'll do that later. First off, we, we did have a bit of a medical emergency. About we yesterday. did. But let, let me answer a question oh, yeah, here. Sure. Um, coming in from one of our listeners, the 425. Do you fish anchovies or herring in the inner Puget Sound? Absolutely. Oh, of course we do. Yes. Uh, and also, he's asking tomorrow, Sunday, would you go to the bubble or would you go to MA10? After what I heard yesterday coming out of MA10, you gotta go to I would go there. You, you can catch... Uh, all the coho you want, yep. or now we're starting to hear of, of really decent numbers of Chinook down there. I would be in Area 10 on Sunday if I were you. Um, so from the 360, uh, I'd like to know how WDFW calculates catch rates, and there aren't fish checkers. 
um, you know, fishing MA6 out of Port Angeles. There's been four days I've been out not seeing checkers. These were not good catch days. Do the numbers get skewed? I mean, these are not, these are questions and issues that we're, we are going to get into and we need to ask of WDFW. So, you know, that's that's one of the things we're going to do. And all we – look, look. We are so fully invested in the success of WDFW. Dude, we want to see them succeed. We want to see them win. But when they're flippant and rude to us on, you know, on, on calls, it's very difficult to penetrate that, right? So, so We need to be on the same team. We, that, and there, there's no question about that. And I, I, I've been a staunch supporter of WDFW. I mean, it's, it's just in, this, in the past 18 months to two years, I, just, I, I can't be silent about some of the stuff that's going on, which is why we do that. Okay, so um, – a funny thing happened yesterday. <laughs> we uh, we were in a pretty good bite, right? A, a fantastic bite. Pretty good, yeah. The, solid the, bite. The kind of bites where you're getting doubles. You know, yeah. I mean, you you had your side of the boat. You had a you kind of struggled. Uh, you caught a halibut caught first a halibut. thing in the morning, and, 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 and then your rod went quiet. It threw me off, dude. The halibut stunk up my gear. You, for it some messed reason. up your it gear. Messed up my gear. But then then you figured it out, and you switched out to that um, that the, glow red the, racer chartreuse spatterback squid. Yeah. And dude, your rod was on fire, yeah, and yeah, that, just, and my anchovy was working in the it dirt was for sure, fishing the deep water, 160 feet down, scoped out to 210 to yeah. get to the bottom, but you got to be on the bottom. That, that's where those Chinook are, and that's where they're they're feeding. So we get, a, we get a double, and I net my fish, and I pull it in the boat, and normally I, I give them a little bonk, you know, but I was trying to go too fast. I, I'm trying to kick the fish out of the net so I can net your side of the boat fish, and I grabbed the fish by the tail, slid my hand under his belly, and now I run, you you know, you tie up all my anchovy leaders for me. And it that hook is an inch and a half behind the tail of the anchovy. So it's Which flipping about around. about where you want it, and where you it, personally want yes, it. Yes, and yeah. it flips around, and that fish flops Embedded. and goes deep yeah, right between my thumb and forefinger. Um, so I'm like, Tom, <laughs> you know, I'm stuck. And you you quickly cut that back hook off so now i have a hook buried in my hand and my, ripped my, my glove my next my next move was to be to try to take the hook out but it's like no we still got a fish on i go so give me <laughs> i go give me the net and wh- one of the i think it was uh i believe it was jerry from jerry woolley from duckworth goes are, are you gonna net that fish with a hook in your hand and i'm like it's, dude it's it ain't so, coming i mean it's in there right so a flesh wound. it ain't gonna go in any further it's all the way in um so we got the fish in and then and then we had to rip it out of my hand. Um, it, you know, even without a barb on it, that thing it was, stuck, it was so deep in there yeah. and it was curved around. It wouldn't just come out. You had to do the old do tuna the, do, cord. Do the halibut gang. Yeah. Do the halibut. Well, first is, first you take the, you take the crown royal and you dump the crown royal to sterilize the wound yeah. around there. So it looks pretty good. You know, it's yeah, not it fine, but you know, that's two medical emergencies we've had on the boat this year. And both times we got, I got lit up by healthcare professionals for my Listen, medication. Dr. The- Beard was not <laughs> impressed with how you took that hook out of my hand. And well. he, I sent him a picture and he goes, well, he just, he just, he destroyed your vein is what he did. He destroyed it. <laughs> then um, I had to listen to like a 15-minute 
how to get the hook out properly oh, from yeah. Dr. Beard. But well, that's that's fine. So uh, you know what? That He just wants to come fishing again. Oh, so I caught, yes. Gonna, we're going to take him in August. All right. We're, we're behind the clock, and Matt is steaming behind the behind the counter. So we're going to bounce out here for a quick break. Matt Chandler going to give us the Area 10 rundown. It's kind of Area 10 by way of buoy 10 here. So yeah. stay tuned. Matt Chandler, Get Hook Northwest, heading next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. One of the best things about what we do, Joey, is, it, is the guys we get to meet and and this, the, the game they bring to the information network. And, you know, when, when we land on a place like Bowie 10, we got a friend down there, man, it, it makes a huge impact on how fast we get on the fish and, 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 and the things we learn. Well, and, and then you become friends with these guys. You know, Matt is just a, a great guy um, and a, a very, very good angler. You know, he, and he, he's like tuned into these fisheries like, you know, Matt's been on, on the Puget Sound now on these, uh, these, you know, little resi coho. And anytime I need to know anything about what's going on down there, I can just reach out to Matt and boom, I get every little bit of info, all the little juicy details. Log what's on up, to, buddy? Log on to GetHookedNorthwest.com. Matt Chandler joining us this morning. What's up, buddy? Hey, good morning. How you doing, guys? We're doing good, dude. So uh, let's, uh, you know, word on the street is not only is that uh, that, that, that resident co program still cranking, they're getting bigger. Now some Chinook are in the mix. Yeah, so it's it's last few trips out, you know, more hitting more Chinook and definitely a, a solid run of resident coho, a couple humpies in the mix, and the Chinook are coming. I would say it feels pretty solid. You know, I know you guys know what the Chinook are like up, you know, up north and coming coming down in through the strait there, and and uh, they're. I'd say they're here, and they're, there's more to come. You know, we we were kind of talking about this yesterday. The the grade of fish that we saw on the first three days of the Marine Area Nine opener, what what we were fishing on was mid channel. Um, it's it seemed like those fish moved because now we're hearing of those fish kind of on possession in Area Ten. That those big, that nice big quality grade of fish. You know, we're talking. Fish in the in that twenty pound class, exactly. And we we um, you know they were wild, but we definitely encountered some of those bigger some of those bigger fish uh, on a few of our trips and uh, had to let them go. But they were definitely of that bigger size, nice ocean chinook, and it's exciting to see those fish start to come through and 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 you know make their way through the sound. And we're all going to have an opportunity to catch some of these nicer fish. And it just feels like a good solid year this year for for a good chinook return. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it all over the coast, the Puget Sound. Um, but let's talk a little bit about these resident coho. Have you seen, have you fished on these things um, for like the last five, six years? Plus that. Okay. Yeah. So have you ever seen a, a, a year like this? It, it, it seems like it's just not slowing down. It's maybe even getting better. Definitely better than last year and the year before. Um, we, there's always these periods where it feels like that coho resident, that resident coho fishing does definitely slow down this time of year, and it it hasn't. And I don't know if they just kind of made their way up, you know, from the South Sound to here a little later, but it 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 feels like a solid run. They're getting bigger, but literally by the day, and just gorging themselves on the krill and all the bait and 
Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a good a good year, and it's, they're just going to transition just going to transition into more Chinook fishing, and those fish are going to get bigger, and Ocean Co are going to join, and it just seems like there's going to be a lot of fish. And the, the in, pink in the pink horde. They're, they're going to show up. Um, so, so look, we're going to have a, a bunch of our listeners are going to be heading that way. You know, as as Marine Area Nine shuts down uh, after today, guys are going to start pushing down into Area Ten. Run us through the resident coho program. What you're using, how deep you're fishing, where you're targeting these fish. You know, and 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 it's also been working for Chinook. And well, it all it's a really simple setup. Flasher. Pick your favorite color, and you know a, a hoochie with a short, fairly short leader. Anything between all the way down to 24 inches to you know a 36 inch leader, and we've been catching both chinook and coho on this setup. Um, if you want to throw a herring strip on there, sometimes I do, or sometimes it gets whacked, and I know that herring strip is gone, and just keep fishing it and gotten bit again, but it definitely does seem to help. Uh, one thing you'll want to watch out for as you drop it deeper, you know, is, is the dogfish. But um, we've been we've been dropping it all the way down to even 120 and catching coho and, and chinook on these rigs as the uh, as it gets later in the day. Matt Chandler, Get Hook Northwest, joining us this morning. And uh, Matt, we know that uh, you know one of the things that's that's in your mind, certainly in our mind too is as that July transitions into August, we need to think about transitioning down to buoy 10 and uh, just a signature fishery uh, of Washington State, really, buoy 10. I mean, the whole coast is an amazing place. The straits are, too. But there's there's just something. There's uh, something about there's it. something about buoy ten, dude. That just yep. you know it just blows your mind. It's it's you know yep. these these chinook and and coho they come in from a from a fifty some degree ocean and and they come into an almost sixty sometimes over sixty degree river and they just jacks up their metabolisms. We're not using downriggers. It's just straight to the fish, man. I think you have some um, you you've, you've got some time down there too. Uh, that that guys can come. They're available in book. But when I say buoy ten to you, I mean, tell us about the preparation. Tell us about your anticipation for this particular fishery. Yeah, you know, you you, you hit it. You hit it spot on. I'm actually in the garage right now. You know, wiping down flashers and, and getting ready <laughs> for this exciting exciting season. And and I'm just I'm just jacked up about it. And with, with all these fish off of Westport. And which are directly coming to us. And from what I'm hearing all the way up to Mia Bay, Swift Shirt, even up to Alaska, those are our fish, man. And they're coming to Bowie 10. They're going to be here soon. And I'm sure there's already fish starting to trickle in. And I'm just, I couldn't be more excited to get, to get down there and, and start, you know, fishing on these, on these great fish. And they'll, they'll, they'll move their way up the whole system and I'll follow them. And there's going to be a lot of guys fishing down there. I'm, I'm, I just, I couldn't be more excited for what looks to be. A really solid buoy ten season, and despite that, in a while, despite the fact that that we've got a different management structure down there this year, um, you know, in 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 my opinion, could they have shaved the ocean quote a little bit and not had a f- few days closure in, in in the river? You know, that's something that that, that that's going to be a, ma- a matter of conjecture and, and discussion oh, yeah. as we move in move forward. But we still have the opportunity, you know, if you've got a twenty foot boat and sea conditions. Are, are, are amenable to it to pop out over the bar and get into some of that white hot stuff. And I know Joey, you and I are going to spend some more time out in Marine Area One. Out of you know, we'll run out of Astoria and pop out over the bar there because some of that action, Matt, was just stupid. 
last last Definitely day Tom. from this from the second to third week of of August. And then here comes a bigger set of tides and a full moon, and those fish flushed in. It was like flipping a switch, dude. Yeah. That they all kind of came yeah. in. But while that thing goes on, that Elwako fishery is just ridiculous. That's what I'll be doing when on the on those closures, and I'll I'll be heading out into the ocean, pending ocean conditions, which that time of year usually, Pretty you know, yeah. are usually okay. Yeah, no doubt about it. Matt Chandler, GetHookNorthwest.com, dude. We'll see you out on the water, man. Good luck. Stay in touch, dude. Thanks, guys. All right. Later, thanks, buddy. Matt. All right. Coming up, Matt. <laughs> Matt touched on that fishery, man. Area 10. And Area 10 is going to come more to the fore. But we got other things to talk about on Raymarine Picks of the Week for uh, the second to the last Saturday in July already. Dude, how fast is this month go? Incredible. Raymarine Picks of the Week coming at you next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. No matter what's ahead, Raymarine stands behind you. Raymarine gives those who dare to set their course into the unknown the tools to navigate it with confidence for over 80 years. Check out the latest in multifunctional marine navigation at raymarine.com. Well, hopefully you have been out there already in Marine Area 9 getting some of that hot Chinook action that we we saw these last two openers. Um, but, you know, today's gonna we're going to shut down. Hopefully they get their numbers, and when we get another opener there, uh, that would be great. If not, Area 10 is going gonna, is gonna to go kaboom. Yeah, especially, you know, especially with, with no and, – and, and, and Marine Area 10 – has is is open. It's not the three day a week deal. It's open mm-hmm. seven days it's a week. Open. Yeah, so that's that's pretty huge too. It's going to provide good opportunity. The Chinook fishing has just like we we talked about earlier in the show, just has been fantastic. And and mm-hmm. I think this is like we're going to see this for the next couple years. I completely. Agree. I mean, I think I, I it's probably agree. only going to get better with the the hatchery output well, we're seeing. And, we're going to see some of that seeing, coming back next year. And, and we're seeing a more diverse age structure with regard to larger Chinook too. So finally, after years and years and years of declining Chinook sizes, right, we're starting to see kind of a rebound and, and, and you know, more healthy numbers. You know, what people don't seem to realize and why we fight so hard to, to keep our hatchery fish going is the fact that a lot of hatchery fish provide cover in the marine environment for wild fish too. And so there, there's there's a definitely a sliding scale to what your, what your hatchery output will come back at a higher percentage if there's a bunch of them out there. It's just, you know, there's safety in numbers out there for, for what fish, el- quite literally. What else has been really good that what, we've we've been doing? Crabbing's been Crabbing has been really good. There, there there are quite a few soft crabs, so sure. so definitely pay attention to that guys. But the crabbing has been really good. We we haven't had any trouble getting our limit. Right. Um, so so and and in the Northwest Outdoor Report we're gonna kinda run through this. Well we'll run through there's there's actually four aspects to doing better at, at at crabbing, right? And 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 it's weight, it's bait, it's it's soak time and and your depths. Yeah. Okay. Those are the things you can really control. But how many more derelict pots are we gonna end up on our gear that have no added no weight? No weight. Yeah. It's like Dude, what are you doing? Those those people must not listen to the show. Well, they here's the thing. If if your pot moves, crab won't get in it. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, they and, and sometimes they physically can't, 
right? So weight your pots. They can only run so fast. That's true. They can only go sideways. Yeah, they can't run forward and back. They only go sideways. So 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 weight ten pounds, a minimum of ten pounds. Okay, and your bait. I don't want to see any more turkey legs out there, gang. I mean, turkey is it's it's just okay. I'm going to go to grocery store and get turkey. Go to Harbor Marine. Go to go to Holiday Market. Go to Sport Co. Outdoor Emporium and get some rays, bait, pucks, salmon heads, or what you've been catching out there. Yeah. The gold standard yeah. are the salmon carcasses, heads and backbones, guts, everything. Okay. The dirty trick there is bring them home, freeze them, take them out of the Ziploc, put them in a bait bag. Then that salmon carcass that's in the bait bag goes in a bait cage. Okay. Armor your bait. That's a big big key. Then the depths, you know, during the dog days of summer, we need to go deeper, okay? So think along the lines of having efficiency, that 75 to 125 line, depending on where you're at, with a minimum of 150 feet of rope. Okay? And that's where it's – now it's really important to make sure your pots are weighted. If yes. you drop pots that are unweighted over 75 feet, they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. They're so, not going to be there when you get back. And then the, and then the final – is soak time. That's absolutely vital. You can't drop a pot, drop your last pot, come back to the pot, and think you're going to have crab dinner. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work that way. So so you you need to soak your pots. And, yeah, I mean, I understand people think they – people are out there raiding pots. Believe me, WDFW is looking for that. And as mm-hmm. much as I – earlier in the show, I, I went off on the management staff, I have the ultimate respect – for our field biologists and an enforcement guys, because dude, they're working their they're working their butts off out mm-hmm. there, right? <clears throat> and, and so, you know, I it it sounds like I'm bashing the entirety of the agency, but but I'm really I'm I'm, I'm hammering on the salmon management crew, which is definitely different than enforcement. Your field biologists, yeah, the checkers, definitely. all sure. those guys deserve your respect and cooperation, right? And you know, and and we've got we've got friends in enforcement. One of them, Andy Stout. And Andy Stout straight up told me one day, he goes, "Oh, dude, I love to catch somebody pulling somebody else's pot." Yeah, he says, "I live for that." And if you don't think they're watching out there, I mean, these guys eventually get caught. More often, you think your pot has been lost because a you oversoaked it with regard to depth over over length of the rope, or you didn't add weight to it and it moved. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joey, you and I have been involved in searches and stuff on Puget Sound. Puget Sound's a, when you're looking for something or somebody, that's a vast body of water, dude. You're looking for a crab pot you think is right here and that's a marker in your sharp plotter. It doesn't move very far and it's lost. Well, and, and the current we deal with yes. in the Puget Sound, right? It's like a river. So, sure. so we see it all the time. Yep. We'll be running, we'll be running to area seven up the inside and you'll see a pot and like, 500 feet of water on just, Wednesday. just bobbing yeah. along, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I'll guarantee you those folks are, are complaining to their friends somebody that somebody stole, stole, my, stole pot. my pot. Yeah, and that's just, just definitely not the case. Um, meanwhile, uh, on, on the oh, – go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on at Baker Lake. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. We can't just leave our sockeye fishing friends. Uh, yeah. We, we got to give and, them some and, love. And when, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to Wenatchee, too, dude. Oh, uh, well, that, and, and Brewster Pool. There's yeah. a lot of really good sockeye yeah. fishing going on right now. So we're, we're, we're almost at 40,000 total sockeye. We got 29,406 transferred to the lake. Dude, 30,000 sockeye in Baker Lake. Dude. We still have, um, as of... Uh, the 20th of July, we still had a thousand fish show up at the trap that day. Uh, this thing isn't really slowing down. I think they upgraded the run to over 50,000. 
What a great opportunity for folks up at Baker Lake. Uh, the, the limit is now five. Um, so you take the family up there. You could come home with a, a truckload of sockeye. And uh, I had a buddy drop a couple fillets off at my house, and it is extremely yummy. Uh, the Brewster Pool, I talked to Austin Mosier on the drive-in today. He was already on the water at 4.20 in the morning. It was dark. Um, and I, I said, are you already on the water? He goes, yeah, we just, <laughs> we just landed our first one. I go, isn't it still dark over there? He goes, yeah. Pretty much. He goes, but we've been getting them in the dark, and the, the best time in that fishery is the first three hours. And after that, that thing is is shutting off pretty quickly. But again, you know, um, large numbers of sockeye pushing oh, yeah. up. We're over, oh, yeah. I think we're at 340,000 or something like that. Yeah, in over fact, I, I just pulled it up. And, and so, you know, the... the Again, we have a run in the Columbia that's that's overperformed the forecast. So so right now you've you've got three hundred and twenty four thousand over Bonneville. That's as of Thursday, and that exceeds the ten year average of three hundred and nine thousand sockeye. Now, all they need in Lake Wenatchee to have a fishery, for instance, is twenty three thousand fish. And so, you know, they count them coming over Tumwater Dam. That is just such a special place. If you've never been to Lake Wenatchee, it's just kind of a little bit of, of Alaska, right? Plant in the middle of the Hurrican State, right? But early in the morning, you want to get up to the mouth of the Little Wenatchee or the White River because those those sockeye are kind of swimming back and forth between the two river mouths trying to identify the odor profile of their natal, natal stream, and they'll, they'll bounce. Now, that's kind of also the shallow end of the lake. Again, you got two rivers basically dumping into the lake, so you got an alluvial fan or delta effect which shallows out that end of the lake. So as you get a light level increase, you want to transition to the south end of the lake, that southern shoreline, that will have a little shade on it again for a while. A lot of fun. Now, that used to be you had the cougar end up at the up at the top end of the lake, but some Microsoft, you freaking bought it, and you, know, you can't launch there anymore. So you have to launch at the Lake Wenatchee State Park. So very wisely, the Washington Parks Department has open, is going to open up that campground at 0400, so all the campers that are in there can get yeah, woken up by cool. all the crazy fishermen, right? <clears throat> but then you got to run the length of the lake. So the 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 lake the state Lake Wenatchee State Park boat ramp is like right on the Wenatchee River, right? So you gotta you gotta run to the top end of the lake, and it's you know a couple three four miles something like yeah, that. You know, whatever. it's not not very far. And 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 this time of year, there's it's not like it's windy or choppy, you know. But uh, but that's a, that's a wonderful fish. I hope you guys can get over there and enjoy that. And again, that's just just a kick in the pants. Just another great opportunity. All right. Stuffed, packed, chucker block full second hour. Uh, we're going to Nia Bay with Mikey Boo Lawrence. Um, it, there's 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 dandies, hogs, tankers, and super tanker Chinook out there on the coast. Mikey, well, Mikey Lawrence is going to yeah. talk to us a lot about that. The ones that run into the kelp and break you off. Yeah, we had the Certix uh, checking in this morning. Uh, they chased one around and finally drug him into the kelp. Uh, Mike pulled out his machete he did. and was chopping. They were chopping kelp trying he- to... Did trying to the, free put, this giant Chinook. I heard I heard he put the machete in his teeth and, and dove, dove overboard. Yes. Is that any truth to that rumor? Yeah, and dove down okay. and he was chopping the we're, kelp from the bottom. We're, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with the Aquaman scenario for Mike Sertic <laughs> on the uh, on the chopping. Uh Bob's heating and air conditioning Northwest Outdoor Port. Then um the top receiver maybe in the entire pack twelve. Uh, Romo Dunze, who uh, threw the first pitch out last night, not only catching footballs but catching salmon with us, we're very concerned about Romo Dunze because he shows all the signs of of, of a passionate, crazy, nuts fisherman 
to the point where he's coming with us tomorrow morning. Yeah. So it's it's kind of bad. So Romo Dunze jumping in at uh, at 725. Roy Robinson's really wearing a whole pile more. Stay tuned. we got a packed hour or two for you right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.